Let us pray. Lord, for the past three nights, you have shared to us your heart, your heartbeat. And our prayer tonight, Lord, is that that would also become our heartbeat. Thank you for leading us into all the truth. Thank you for your revealed word. Thank you for the privilege of being able to gather together as a church to worship you, to honor you, to glorify you, and to know you, Lord God, through your word. We commit to you this time of study in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We went through the... Since Monday, we went through some very important principles when it comes to prayer. We talked about the basis. We talked about the goal, the agenda, the plan, the provider. And for tonight, we will be talking about the debt and our deliverance in verses 12 and following verses. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn it in Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. Jesus Christ said, Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into the temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. That is our prayer for tonight, Lord. Again, the role of prayer in leadership. The debt. Verse 12, forgive us our debts or sins as we also have forgiven our debtors. This part of the prayer Jesus taught his disciples and to us tonight reminds us of our propensity, our tendency to sin. Even though mga regenerated na ta ng mga tao, even though mga born-again Christian na ta, and even though we can really say from the heart that I am a child of God, that I am born of God, but still nagpabilin giyapon sa ato, uh, ang ato ang tendency to sin. That we are still prone to wander away and cause God dishonor. So we are reminded in this part of the prayer of our tendency to sin and at the same time, our call to repent and to forgive others as well in the same way that we have received forgiveness. As leaders, as Pastor Jay Monday night said, it's not just limited to CEOs or managers or pastors, elders, deacons. It refers to all of us because in one way or another, we are leading someone. Deliverance from guilt by real forgiveness is man's deepest spiritual need. Forgiveness. Mogin na siya ang atong pinakagikinahanglan actually. We are sad to say many people do not realize that they need that. Apart from it, apart from forgiveness, he cannot enter into a relationship with God that produces peace and hope. The Apostle Paul said in his letter to the, to the Christian in Rome, now we have been separated, na set apart na putol ang atong relationship with God because of sin. We all know that. And the payment of sin is death. Separation from God. Not physical death, but spiritual death where the person will go to hell and be forever separated from God. But Paul said also that the free gift of God is eternal life. We need forgiveness. Habakkuk 1.13 said, Your eyes are too pure to approve evil and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. Ang mata daw sa atong ginoo is so pure, is too pure, nga dili siya even makatanaw sa sala. Isaiah 1.3 One of the many characteristics of God that is always repeated in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, especially in the book of Revelation, Isaiah himself wrote, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. One of the many attributes of God is His holiness. That He is not tainted with sin. Perfect. That He 
cannot look at sin. In Romans 3, 10 to 12 and 23, as I've said earlier, this is what the Apostle Paul said, proving that no one is righteous before God. Proving that we really need forgiveness. When the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in his first letter, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 to 20, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, I am the worst of all sinners. I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man. It is only by the grace of God that I am in the ministry. It is only by the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, that I am here as a missionary to the Gentiles. And therefore, the Apostle Paul wrote this, There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Again, Giotroni, Apostle Paul. Not even one has the face to tell God that He is righteous. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is sin? Now, in scriptures, there are five ways the word sin is used. And I'm going to mga words gigamit sa New Testament, especially about the English word sin. Just like love, say English, love lang. But in the Greek, daghan siya, agape, phileo, so on and so forth. The same is true with sin. Ang gigamit ni Jesus Christ in Matthew 6:12 refers to ofeilema. But there are other ways or words nga ginagamit nila in the Greek to refer to sin. Just to mention this one, and first is hamartia. This is the most common. It means missing the mark. Hamartia. Paraptoma refers to trespass. This is the sin of slipping or falling and results more from carelessness sa itong kinabuhi. No, careless lang tamo nang nakasalata. Number three is parabasis. It means stepping across the line. Nai line giset ang ginoo, nagingon siya sa imo, don't cross the line, and then you cross the line. It is going beyond the limits prescribed by God. It is often translated transgressions. And the number four is anomia. It means lawlessness. This is the word used by Jesus Christ in Matthew 24, 25. In the end times, lawlessness will increase. And it is even more intentional and flagrant kind of sin. It describes direct and open rebellion against God and His will. And number five is ofeilema, which Jesus Christ used in Matthew 6, 12. And this is the form which is most often to refer to moral or spiritual debts. Utang. Therefore, sin is a moral or spiritual debt to God that must be paid. Matagsala na buhat nato, dapat bayaran nato. Okay, dapat bayaran nato na. And Jesus Christ knew that. And that's why when he taught his disciples, he said, you pray in this way. Forgive us our sins or our debts. Because he knows that his disciples one day or maybe the day after the teaching, they will commit sin. This is a reminder, this is a comfort for all of us that wherever we are right now in our life, what kind of leader are you right now? Wherever you are, you still need, I still need the forgiveness of God. I must acknowledge my tendencies to sin. The question next that we would like to answer is, how does sin work? In Jeremiah 13.23, through a question with a common or obvious answer, ingon si Jeremiah, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Obvious answer is, no. Dili na nila usap. Dili pwede mo ingon ang leopard nga, dili na ko gusto sa spots, I want stripes. So sabon ako, stripes na said ko karoon na week. No. Muna na siya ang iyahang design, ang iyang nature. And then Jeremiah applied this to the Israelites, saying, Then you also can do good who are accustomed to do evil. 
Because that is our nature to sin. Ingon si Jeremiah, you cannot do what is good. So how does sin work? Sin is the moral and spiritual disease for which man has no cure. I think that was last night or Monday, nag-mention ko nga it is a noble agenda or a noble cause when we want to improve the moral of our family, right? Where we try to focus in making our children good boys and girls, our community morally upright, but that is a noble cause. But as I've mentioned, it is not the main agenda. Apart from being regenerated, apart from being born again, apart from being given this new nature that is from God, created in the likeness of God in holiness and righteousness, apart from becoming a new creation, I can never make myself good. And that is the wrong teaching in our generation, even the time the Apostle Paul, even Peter and John, where people are thinking that they have the capacity to make themselves good, where they can tell God that, Lord, I can contribute to my salvation. None. Zero contribution, mga egsoon. It is something that is beyond us. Sin. And that is why it's very humbling, right? Very humbling. Just like the Apostle Paul. Ingon siya kay Timothy, Timothy, grabe ko, kawalay, klaro before. I was there when Stephen was killed, was stoned, and I approved of it. But now I am here serving God. And he said, it is all because of the grace of God. I am standing here before you teaching the word of God as if it is only by the grace of God. How does sin work? Number one, sin dominates our mind. Monang naka delicado yun sa sala. It will dominate. It will take everything. Uh, sin will not just say, let me have just 10% and then that's okay. No. He demands everything. Every part of our mind and our whole being. In Romans 1.21, the Apostle Paul again declared that there is none righteous. In, he indicated that people have reprobate minds. Not being able to understand and realize given over to evil and lust. That is how sin dominates our mind, but not just our mind. It also dominates our will. Ang akong kabubutun. According to Jeremiah 44, 15-17, ang nahitabo dito was God, iyanggi lingi ang iyang nahong against Israel. Because he was angry with Israel because they were worshiping other gods. They were bringing their sacrifice to idols. And they were telling their leaders that yes, we know the law of God, that we are not supposed to worship other gods and bring our offering to them, but we will not listen. We would still continue to offer these offerings to these idols. It dominated their will. People desired to do evil. Why? Because their wills are controlled by sin. And the, and the truth is, this is not just real for an unregenerate person. This can be true to a regenerate one when we allow it. And that is why Jesus taught His disciples, not the unbelievers, this prayer is for the disciples, followers of Jesus. Kung sa ato karon para ni nga ampo, para ni siya sa mga born-again Christian who are thinking that they are okay, who are so relaxed about sin, Jesus Christ is reminding us today, friends, child, you still have the propensity and the tendency to hurt me. Don't worry, child. I'm giving you this comfort, this solution. Pray, forgive us. Sin dominates the mind, the will, the emotions, and the affections 
of man. Natural people do not want their sins cured. Natural meaning mga wala pa diha sa ginoo, mga uh, unregenerate one. They don't want their sins cured because they love darkness rather than light. In John 3.19, the light came, or referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, but they chose darkness. In the book of 1 John, many of them claim to be walking in the light, but their actions are all darkness. In other words, they are deceiving themselves, they are fooling themselves, and they are making God as a liar. Number four, sin brings men under the control of Satan. In Ephesians 2.2, it teaches that people are guided by the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. At this point of his letter, the Apostle Paul was telling the Ephesian church that formerly you were sons of disobedience. But now that you are in Christ, situation. but formerly you were sons of disobedience. And the word son here basically means ancestors. Ang inyong mga ancestor, ang ilang ngalan, disobedience. Just like me, there was a time when my father told me, you look like your grandfather. Oh, really? Kaysa man, akong ancestor. Gikan man ko dito. Akong dugo po. Asa ako ang lolo, right? So, possible you that I'm walking like him. The Apostle Paul said, you are sons of disobedience. Whether you like it or not, your nature comes from disobedience, your action will be a, a manifestation of your ancestor who is disobedience. That's how impossible for us to change our nature. Because that's where our ancestors are. That's where we belong. But the good news, I'll just say it right now. Through the finished work of Jesus Christ, we have been reconciled, we have been forgiven, and everything according to Christ is done. It is finished. Not only that, sin subjects men to misery. Sobrang kalisod. If we live a life of sin, whether you like it or not, no matter how hard you try to portray an image that you are okay, in reality, that man who is living a life of sin is not okay. Never. Never. Let me share to you an example. I have a, a relative who is living a life of sin. And so I confronted him, telling him that is a sin. But instead of repenting, he tried to rationalize and make excuses and even telling me, unsaon man lang ang ako ang mga anak. If it is a sin, it is a sin. And it will bring you to a life of misery. No matter how hard he tried to portray a life that is happy, I know that deep inside, he is not. Glory to God today. Today, he is in process of repentance. Isaiah 48 verse 22 says, There is no peace for the wicked. Sweeping statement. Wala nag-ingon si Isaiah nga, there is no peace for those who are committing moral sin like drugs, everything, killing people. No. Wicked. If you are living a life of wickedness, there's no peace in you. Job said, man is born for trouble. Pagkatao sa baby, kung buto it's not about congratulating him or her because he is born for trouble. As sparks fly, Upward. Not only that, not only that we know how sin affects our life and dominates our mind, our will, our emotions, and brings us to misery and separation from God and with one another, there is a forgiveness that has been given to us in this prayer. A reminder, a reminder. Many people still have this wrong understanding about sin, that there are sins that are really unforgivable and sins that are possibly can be forgiven by God. That they would tell me, na kuya Jojo, dilik ko worthy diha because you don't know who I was. 
I only tell them, maybe you don't know who God is. That's the reason why you're saying that. The solution is forgiveness. Kapasailuan. There are two kinds of forgiveness for us to better understand the prayer of Jesus Christ because He was referring to the disciples. Because He's referring to us, men and women who are born of God already. First is the uh, judicial kind of forgiveness, which is especially clear in the book of Romans, where God through Jesus Christ has declared those who put their trust in Christ no longer guilty, no longer condemned. For there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is our justification. Once and for all, we are no longer condemned. We are no longer objects of wrath before God. God has placed our sins in Christ and He has given the righteousness of Christ to us. It's a done deal. We are no longer enemies of God. We are called children of God. It is something that na affects sa tibuok na tong una, sa atong tikinabuhi. Ang ato ang unahuna, atong emotions, atong physical nga body. Every single part of our life is affected by this judicial forgiveness once and for all through the work of Jesus in the cross. And we have nothing na atong na, na uh, participate din ha, or na, na contribute din ha. Okay? Not even a single drop of contribution na makaagtuta sa and tell him, Lord, I've done my part, now save me. No. Our judicial forgiveness, our justification is the sole work of God. And that is why we can say with confidence that once you are saved by God through Christ, He can save you completely. Nothing can take that away from you. Why? Because that is His work. Judicial forgiveness there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jeremiah 31, 34. Their sin, Yahweh said, I will remember no more. Isn't that a reason to worship God, to praise God? That whenever I go to Him in prayer, God will not say, adtong 10 years ago nakasala oh. No, He will not do that. In fact, kita pa ang anak. Lord, mong anak. Not 10 years ago, no? No. Their sin I will remember no more. Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Because at the moment you placed your faith, faith in Christ Jesus, your sin is put on Him and His righteousness on you. As mentioned by Pastor Ganina Satung Prayer, 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made Him who knew no sin to be seen on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. This is a done deal already. Done deal na itong judicial forgiveness. But there's a second kind of forgiveness that is referred to by Jesus Christ in this prayer. And that is the parental forgiveness. Remember the basis? What's the basis? Father-child relationship. Apart from a father-child relationship, we can never ask him for daily bread, forgiveness of sin, protection from evil. Anan sila nakahook dito sa basis which is our father and us, his children. And because he is our father, you know what? God did not just tell us na, okay, I will declare today that you're no longer guilty, you are forgiven. And not only that, I will declare today that you are righteous in Christ. See you in heaven, okay? After justifying us, God in Christ Jesus adopted us. That is what Paul wrote in Ephesians. Now God has predestined us to what? Adoptions as sons through Christ to Himself. That's the plan of God. Wala lang kagilimpiuhan sa imong sala and then leave you alone and tell you, see you in heaven. No. He said, I'm calling you now my child. And that is why Him as our Father, enjoy nato ang blessing of His parental forgiveness. Why? Because Christ knows that we constantly need forgiveness. 
Today, I ask for forgiveness. Maybe through your words, through my words, through my thoughts, ako ang feeling in every area sa itong kinabuhi. We need forgiveness on a daily basis. Forgiveness that is the kind that is graciously offered by our Heavenly Father. When I was younger, my usually ang akong mama, I don't, I don't know sa inyo, but akong mama usually ang nagyoy punto ba nga makabunal. She would talk to me, active man daw kay ko sa bata ko, tungod sa gata siguro, dili magpatoo, kadugayan na nagyoy bunal, no? Kitang tanan na experience sana. Maybe you're a parent right now, you're doing that also. Ayaw we withhold ang rod. Parental forgiveness, parental discipline, is needed. Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained it. This is what Paul said. After saying that he has, that he has received this righteousness that is from faith in Christ, not from the law. Okay? Ingon si Paul, I am righteous now, not because of the law na akong obey, but because of Christ. Okay? Settled na na. And then he said, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. <clears throat> But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of Christ. Brothers, I do not regard myself, Paul said, as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I reach forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal. And what's the goal? What's the goal? It's a, it's a letter ni Paul to the Philippians. Christ-likeness, spiritual maturity, Becoming more and more free from sin in our actual life. I press on to that. The Apostle Paul said, after saying that I have now the righteousness of God in Christ by faith. What's the point of Paul here? He is saying that yes, righteous na ko, but I still commit sin and I still need the forgiveness of God. In that same way, we say that with the Apostle Paul. Parental forgiveness. We need that on a daily basis. First John 1.8 mentioned ganina sa itong prayer item. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And while our sins today and in the future don't change our standing before God, okay, Ang atong justification, done deal na na siya, settled na na siya. We all know this. Allow me to emphasize, wala na'y maka-change sa imuang standing before God as His child. Nothing. But understand this, brothers and sisters, your sin today and tomorrow that we intentionally commit can affect our fellowship, our intimacy, our communion with God. That is a reality. We need to be reminded about that. When we pray, Lord, I acknowledge my tendencies. Lord, tomorrow I'll be doing this. You know my tendencies. Help me. Help me. We need to confess our sins. As mentioned earlier in our prayer time, we need to confess our sins. As long as we have unconfessed sins in our lives, we will lose the fullness of joy and intimacy in our fellowship with God. Our relationship remains intact, but our fellowship is affected. Kasabot masigurata ana gid klaro. Nakay best friend or nagaway mo, best friend magyapon mo pero nananaumog sininga, wala nag-uban, kaya affected ang fellowship. Dili mawala, a common nga illustration, dili mawala ang ato ang pagka, whatever your family name is, even if you commit a sin against your father, you would always be a katane, even if makasala ka sa imong parents. The fellowship is affected, but the relationship remains intact. That's a good news. Talking about forgiveness. So we have judicial settled once and for all, but we need the parental forgiveness of God on a daily basis. If we ask for forgiveness 
it implies that we are willing to confess. To confess our sins, that is what the Apostle John urged the church, that they are to confess their sins. It is not just about feeling bad about our sins. It is to confess it. So what does that mean? It basically means to agree with God that lying is lying. That stealing is stealing. That backbiting is backbiting. That hurting someone's feeling is really not good. So on and so forth. The law of God reveals that in the Bible. And when we confess our sins, we agree with God that they are wicked, they are evil, they defile, and they have no part in those who belong to the family of God. When we confess our sins, we say together with God and His Word that this act is not good, is immoral, is evil. 100%. Dilitong, Lord, part of it, I agree, Lord, that's where I confess. Pero, Lord, kaninga part ba? Murag, it feels good, Lord. Next time na lang ni. No, 100%. Very basic principle in our Christian life that needs reminding sa toa. Especially that God has placed us as His witnesses, as His leaders, wherever He has placed us today. One of the surest antidotes, according to John Stott, ingon siya, isa sa mga sure nga mga tambal to this process of moral hardening or moral decay is the discipline, disciplined practice of uncovering our sins of thought, outlook, as well as word and deed, and the repentant forsaking of them. Notice the word, na ay repentance and na ay forsaking. It is one thing to say, Lord, I agree with you that lying is lying and it is bad. And it is another to say, I will now not lie. It is another to turn away and have a change of mind about lying. First night or second night, I've mentioned if you want to change someone's actions, first change his worldview, his understanding of it, and it will naturally follow din ha sa iyang lifestyle. We need this antidote. Forgiveness implies confession. There are many Christians today who are judicially forgiven. They can, from the heart, say that they are born from God, regenerated sila. They are eternally secure, but are hardened impenitent or unrepentant and insensitive to sin. Consequently, they are also without joy because they don't have a loving, intimate fellowship with God because of sin, unconfessed sin. They have blocked out joy and fellowship with the barricade of their unconfessed sins. If you're like me, I've experienced this. Lord, I don't know if you, siguro you have a different term, but I, I use the darling sin term. I have this darling sin na I just love to do. Do you have that? I hope wala in you. But you, we just have this darling sin. We, we love doing it and we struggle so much. Sometimes, Lord, impossible ni mawala sa ako. And sometimes, we, we say, Lord, sorry, Lord, ginabuhat na sad na ako. But deep inside you, you like doing it. And that is true in the body of Christ. And that is why we need forgiveness every day. That is why we need this continuous sanctifying work of God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in our life. Because it is He who can cleanse us, sanctify us, and empower us to say no to sin. Because of this unconfessed sin, we no longer enjoy communion with God. The true Christian does not see God's promise of forgiveness as a license to sin. The Apostle Paul also mentioned that. The grace of God, the mercies of God, the goodness of God, they are not licensed to sin. A way to abuse His love and presume on His grace 
but as the means of spiritual growth and sanctification. I've experienced in my Christian life when I was younger where even though I professed to be a, a born-again Christian, but there are a lot of, I would say, Roman Catholic understanding that are still in my mind that needs unlearning. There was a point in my life where I ko Lord, uh, graduating na ko sa college, so what I need to do is I need to go to church every Sunday, join the practice of worship team because it's my first uh, ministry as a Christian. I must not skip any practice, any Bible study group, and I will not miss any Sunday until mo graduate ko. We need transformation. We need transformation. We do not see God's promise of forgiveness as a license to sin. We do not even deal with God as if we can deal with Him. Aron makuha na to ang ato ang gusto. In there are so many ways nga magamit nako nato ang gracia sa ginoo as a comfort, false comfort, to live a life of sin. I have said this in my church, and I will say it also with you because you are also my family. We need God's forgiveness. We need to walk in holiness, righteousness, moral uprightness. Yes, we show grace to those who are struggling, but never at the point that we make it as an excuse for sin. If we confess our sins to God, we are sure that He will forgive us. Can you say amen to that? If we confess, He is faithful. Matinudanon daw atong Dios sa iyang pulong. Dili siya mo pakyas. But He is also just. Justicia po siya. Nga kung naiisa ka Kristuhanon, sa dugang panahon, gimanabadlong siya si Ginoo, but still He chooses to sin, and then nainahitabo, nga napungkol ang iyang isa kakamot, that is not the will of God. That is not a trial from God. That is a consequence of His sin because God is just. That is why He sent Jesus to die for us. He cannot just say, ako bitaw ang creator sa heaven and earth, and ako bitaw ang ginoo, labaw sa tanan, then I'll just, eh, quits na tanan nala ninyo. Okay, okay na, okay na. Okay na ta, quits na. Mag-question ang Justice. That is what's at stake. And that is why, because we have received forgiveness from God through Christ Jesus, we ought to give or offer forgiveness to others as well. An unforgiving spirit is inconsistent for one who has been totally forgiven by God. And honestly, as I am speaking to you tonight, this is true to me. I am in the process of saying yes to God. Lord, I need to forgive certain people in my life. Sometimes, if you're like me, maybe nakaabot ka sa point, ka nag-iingong ka, it's difficult to forgive. Big time na kayong sa nabuhat sa kuwa, and not just once, but thrice, or maybe five times na. It's now time na di ko forgive But it's not consistent with who we are right now in Christ. It is not consistent with our nature that is in God right now. Holiness and righteousness. Instead, we are to forgive others. It is a characteristic of the saved. This is the first reason right now. Reasons why we need to forgive others. First reason is because it is the characteristic of the saved. By forgiving others, especially your enemies, no? Manifest that you are a truly a child of God. Forgiveness is the mark of a truly regenerate heart. When a Christian fails to forgive someone else, he sets himself up as a higher judge than God and even calls into question the reality of his faith. If God has forgiven your brother or your sister that has wronged you, then who am I not to forgive you? Who are we Nga ang holy and righteous o ang pinaka-judge sa tanan, nagpasailo na sa iyaha, pero kita nga nakadawat galing 
sa iyang pagpasaylo, dili willing magpasaylo. A reminder for all of us, especially uh, wherever God has placed you, na agay mga times na matestingan ang atong forgiveness, right? At home, in our community, in the school, in the church, in our office, matestingan gita din ha. Second reason why we need to forgive others, because it is modeled by God. Ultimate na model sa forgiveness is Christ. Greatest model, Ephesians 4.32 said, Be kind to one another. Paul is encouraging the efficient church right now. In siya, efficient church, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Notice ninyo, ang yang giingon, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. Why? Because Christ has forgiven you. In Luke 23.34, ang saying ni Jesus Christ, when He was being nailed to the cross, in behalf of them, He said, Father, forgive them. Forgive the Jews who were shouting, crucify Him. Forgive the soldiers, Lord, who is crucifying me right now. Forgive them. It was modeled by Christ and we ought to follow Him. It expresses the highest virtue of men as well. You know what your highest virtue is? It is when you forgive. Someone once said that the most Christ-like thing that we can do is to forgive. Why? Because it is what God gave us through Christ Jesus that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. When we show forgiveness, especially to our enemies, we are displaying our highest virtue. Proverbs 19.11 says, a, man, a man's discretion, discretion makes him slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Next, another reason for us to forgive others is it frees our conscience of guilt. Unforgiveness not only stands as a barrier to God's forgiveness, but also interferes with our peace of mind, happiness, satisfaction, and even the proper functioning of the body. I don't know with you, but nakatesting na mo nga na, na bitter mo sa isa katao, ayaw na lang erase ang kamot. <laughs> Kedaghan na ta. <laughs> yes, that is true. Na bitter ko sa isa katao to the point di ko katulog. And the people in the church is asking me, Pastor Joe, nagtaasin mo sugar? Kung ano man, nagniwang lagi ka. <laughs> and then I told them, nagtokar akong hyperacidity. Nga man, kay I am involved in a conflict that is not easy for me to show forgiveness. It's not easy, but it is doable by the grace of God. You see, the, someone once said also that, that unforgiveness, unwillingness to forgive, it's just like drinking a poison and expecting the other person to die. No. When you choose not to forgive, according to that quotation, you're drinking the poison and you will be the one who will die first. Don't expect the other person to die. Ikaw ang di katulog. Ako ang di katulog. Ako ang di ganahan magkaon. Ako ang magtago-tago. Kaya si Pedro. Unforgiveness is our enemy. It frees us when we forgive our conscience from guilt. 2 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11, the Apostle Paul again encouraged the Corinthian church, but one whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. Ingan siya. Kinsa inyong ipasailo diya sa simbahan? Pasailo na sad na ko na siya. Ingan siya. For indeed what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Why? So that no advantage, listen, very important, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Therefore, the scheme, ang strategy ni Satan sa Corinthian church was to cause trouble and unresolved conflict because when people will not Forgive one another in the church in Corinth, it will become an advantage for Satan. 
Friends, let me share to you a part of my story in life. As a Christian, I have experienced three church splits. And that is a shame for me to say. Three church splits. And many people will try to rationalize that. Listen to this funny statement. Pastor Joe, or di pa man ko pastor at that time, Brad, okay ra to. Brad Planner, gaya to sa ginawa, nag-split ta, kay para duha na ta ka-church. Unique ba kaayo nga church planting strategy sa ginawa? Karun duha na ta, kinanglan na sa mag-split para opat na, no? No. That is not God's way. Unresolved conflict, when people of God, when the people of God are willing to imitate Him, to follow His steps, to follow His model, which is to forgive others, especially our enemies, it will bring peace and harmony in the church. But if not, division. Division. Not only that, another reason is it will benefit the church. It will benefit the church of God when we choose to forgive. Probably few things have a short, have so short-circuited the power of the church as unresolved conflicts among its members. No? Kaya mawala man ang unity. Once upon a time, you go together to the Bible study group, Bibo, laughing and praying together. Unresolved conflict na hitabo. Ikaw na lang isa. It will surely have an effect. It can short-circuit what we are doing for the glory of God. And I have said this to my church, to the church that I am serving also in light of the world church, because we too have experienced the ugliness of unresolved conflict. The Holy Spirit cannot work freely among those who carry grudges and harbor resentment. Very obvious. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your offering there, go to him, be settled, be reconciled to your brother or to your sister, and then come back to the altar and then present your offering with the right attitude, I would say, with the right attitude. So some application questions. There are probably a small number of things in your life right now that are clearly a violation of what you know to be right. Things that are top of the mind as you consider, again, the depths of your sin and our need for God's forgiveness. Deal with this in, in your prayer today as you repent before the Father and receive His promised mercy. Forgive as well. Is there a relationship in your own life that continues to suffer from your unwillingness to forgive, from your deliberate decision to cling to your hurt and bitterness? Tonight is the night to let this burden go away. Choose forgiveness, forgiving anyone who have wronged you in the same way God has forgiven you. We must choose forgiveness. In the same way, we have received undeserved forgiveness from God. That while we were yet intentionally committing sin, that was the point Christ died for us. Our last point for tonight is deliverance. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. A prayer that Jesus Christ knew the disciples need and for the church as well today this reminds us of god's power ang yang ability ang yang kakayahan sa pagdeliver kanato gikan sa kadaotan ug ang atong victory ang atong kadaogan nga naalamang diha kaniya makita nato at first reading ingon siya din ha prayed in this way do not lead us into temptation now, there seems to be a contradiction or to some, kung ato na compare to other passages in scriptures, just like in the book of James. If you have your Bibles, turn with me in James chapter 1, verse 13. The apostle James said, Why? Okay, James said in 1.13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot 
be tempted by evil and God himself does not tempt anyone. God does not tempt us. God does, does not cause us to be in a certain situation when he knows that we will commit a sin. God does not do that. Okay? It's number one point. Number one, nga, nga, very important point that we need to put in our mind for us to better understand this part of the prayer. Another is in James 1, same chapter in James, but in verse 2 and 3. James also said in that same chapter, after saying, uh, let no one say that he's been, being tempted by God because God is not tempted by the evil one and he does not tempt any one of us. In verse 2 and 3, he said to the church, Consider it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, trials of different shapes and color. Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So the question now is this. If Jesus is teaching us to pray, do not lead us into temptation, when we know that He will never do it anyway. Right? God will never lead us into a temptation so that we will sin. But why did Jesus Christ said, you pray that God will not lead you into temptation when He will never do it anyway? Second question is that, why should we pray do not lead us into temptation when James said that the testing of your faith produces endurance? Seemingly a contradiction, but of course there's none. There's none. Now according to... Uh, Chrysostom, he was an early church father in one of his homily. Ang iyang commentary aning seemingly nga contradiction sa prayer because there are those theologians, may ngon sila nga your Jesus is contradicting himself. But he is not contradicting himself. He is playing with you. No, he's not playing with us. Here is a better explanation by this church father. He said, Jesus is not dealing with logic or theology, but with a natural appeal of human weakness at its face, as it faces danger. We all desire to avoid the danger and trouble that sin creates. This petition is thus the expression of the redeemed soul that so despises and fears sin that it wants to escape all prospects of falling into sin, choosing to avoid rather than having to defeat or fight sin. Okay? That is why Paul said to Timothy, flee sexual temptations or sexual immorality. Talking about sexual sin, Paul said to Timothy, this young pastor, flee. Ayaw na pagpakahiro, Timothy, nga isog-isog ka nga in the name of Jesus. No. Pray to God that you will have wings so you can fly away. We don't want to be in that situation, Timothy. That's the point of Chrysostom. The implication, therefore, is this. When we pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, it's just like saying, Lord, please, don't ever lead us into a trial that will present such a temptation that we will not be able to resist it. Rather, deliver us from any trial that would bring evil on us as a natural consequence. Don't put us into something we cannot handle, Lord, I pray. Ayaw, Lord, itugot. Ayaw, itugot, Lord. So while God won't tempt us to sin, on the other hand, He is also willing to bring things into our lives that become a test for us. And we know nga experience na nato ng tanan, right? As much as we want to avoid any group of people or any activity that would cause us to sin, but still we are sometimes surprised that, Lord, why are you allowing these things to happen to me, Lord? Where I am placed on a crossroad and mag-require ko nga magbuhat og decision whether to say yes to you or yes to sin. It is for our spiritual growth. It is for our endurance. Genesis 50:20. as for you, Joseph said, to his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Many times, many times. Job 23.10, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I've spoke to a, one young, a young person, nakabasa daw siya og isaka article, nag-ingon dito, God is refining us like gold. 
until nga ma-refine ta, nga masinaw kaayo ta, that the face of Christ reflects sa ato. Ah. That is what God is doing to us through our trials. The Lord orders our lives so that we will never be tempted without the strength to resist, however. Wala yun, nag-ingon, nag-inoong, atubangon ninyo ng mga temptation by yourself. No. He has given us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can empower us, enable us to say no to sin. And in doing so, God is delivering us from evil. There are many things in the world today that are in some ways neutral. Pareha sa internet, no? Pareha sa internet, neutral man siya. Actually, we can use it for good, just like what we are doing right now, those who are joining us through our live stream, through the internet, that's good. But there are times that we use the internet as a means of doing what is evil. That is the point when we pray, Lord, deliver me from evil. Help me, Lord. Help me to say no. Please, Lord, grant me the discernment to know, Lord, when to go away, Lord, and dilit na ko magsukul-sukul pa as if kaya na ko. But just fly away, just like Paul said to Timothy. 1 Corinthians 10.13, this is a encouragement to all of us. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. Common na sa ato tanan. What you're going through, they're going through. What you're going through, everybody is going through. And God is faithful. That's a key word there. God is faithful who will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. Intentional si God. Ang atong ginoo. Dili siya kanang random lang. Okay, uh, siguro this kind of temptation. No, intentional siya. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. But with the temptation will provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. Every time we face a temptation, there is always this blinking sign saying, exit, 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 exit. But many times in my life, I don't use the exit. Instead, I continue with the temptation. So how do we deal with temptation? Since tinood pa man ang temptation, how do we deal with it? When we sincerely pray, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, we declare our submission to God and to His Word, which is our protection from sin. Okay, listen to that. When we pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation. I don't want to be tempted, Lord. It is also at that same time that we are saying, I am submitting to your will, Lord. It is one thing to say, Lord, ayoko ilikay ko sa temptation. It's another to align to the will of God. Now, Lord, if this is your will, then so be it. Lead me not into temptation, and I submit to you, O Lord God. This is a very common verse in James chapter 4, verse 8, when James again said, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Mulupadja away from you. Now, there are two very important key words in this verse talking about dealing with temptation. And these two words are actually an imperative. Command siya. First is kanang capital letters submit and then the word resist. Those are two imperatives or command nagyahatag ni James as we deal with temptation. Submit basically means to subject ourselves. Submit ourselves to God or subject ourselves, put ourselves under the authority or the power or the rule of God. Going back to the agenda, remember? The rule of God. Connected yapon siya dito. When we deal with sin, remind yourself or ask yourself, who is the Lord of my life? Talking about sin, John Piper said, the question actually is about Kinsa ang nagahatag og ultimate delight? That's actually the question we are dealing with when we are facing a temptation. Will this temptation give me true, lasting happiness? That's a question we ask. That's a question that we need to answer. Or will God alone 
give me true, lasting joy and happiness. We need to subject ourselves, to submit ourselves to the Lordship of God, the agenda of God, His kingdom, His rule, that He will be Lord of all in our life, in our thought life, in our emotions, in our relationships, in our resources, in everything. We are to submit. Second keyword is resist. Basically means to set oneself against, to withstand, to resist, to oppose. On a daily basis, this is a command, imperative mancha, so we do it on a daily basis. Since command mancha, our only choice or our only option is to obey it. Ingon siya, you resist. Ang atong position on a daily basis should be on our guard. We should always be on our guard. Because the enemy will anytime, if he finds a crack, will attack us. One of the things uh, important to identify or understand as well, and in word to submit and resist, the Apostle James said that just as have you been doing this, just as you've been doing this before, I'm encouraging you to do it continually today and tomorrow and for the days to come. In other words, James was telling them, let submission to the Lordship of God and your resistance to the devil be a lifestyle. Let me repeat that. Let your submission to the Lordship of God and your resistance against the devil, where you set yourself against the devil, be a daily lifestyle nimo. relax, in other words. That's what James said. Because the moment you relax, mo attack ang lion. Nagatuyok-tuyok lang, waiting for a time. Let me read to you a words of a unknown author, actually. Unknown author siya. And he captured the essence of the Lord's Prayer as we end our study. He said, I cannot say our, our Father, if I live only for myself in a spiritual watertight compartment. I cannot say Father if I do not endeavor each day to act like His child. I cannot say who art in heaven if I am laying up no treasure there. I cannot say hallowed be your name if I am not striving for holiness. I cannot say thy kingdom come if I am not doing all in my power to hasten that wonderful day. And I cannot say thy will be done if I am disobedient to his word. I cannot say on earth as it is in heaven if I will not serve him here and now I cannot say give us our daily bread if I am dishonest or an under-the-counter shopper. I cannot say forgive us our debts if I harbor a grudge against anyone. And I cannot say lead us not into temptation if I deliberately place myself in its path. I cannot say deliver us from evil if I do not put on the whole armor of God. Friends, as you commit to following this pattern for all your prayers, when we talked about the basis, the goal, the agenda, the plan, the provider, the debt, and the deliverance, as you follow this in your prayer time, not just today, not just tomorrow, but as a lifestyle, your entire Christian walk will be revolutionized. Not just your prayer life, because your prayer life will be manifested in your practical life. No longer will you lack for something to say in your prayer because you know what the basis is, what the goal is, what the agenda is, what the plan is, who the provider is, what our debt is, and the need for deliverance. You will no longer lack for something to say in your prayer. Being alone with God in prayer will never be the same. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord.
God, for the past three nights, you have shared to us your word, and you have taught us your word, and caused us to understand your word. What remains now, Lord, is our obedience to your word. I pray for each and every one of us that you would remind us of your Holy Spirit, enable us to your Holy Spirit, Lord, to obey what we have learned. Help us, Lord. Enable us, Lord. And tonight, Lord, we will say, yes, Lord, yes to your Holy Spirit, yes to righteousness, Lord. Yes to your goal, yes to your agenda, yes to your plan, yes to your will, O Lord God. Yes to your will. All together, can we say this prayer? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen and amen.